Hi, I'm Sophie. And I'm James. And today we're going to talk to you about statistics. This is a really important topic and it's something that we feel perhaps chiropractors don't talk about enough. I think as chiropractors, even when we have our own practice, we get so caught up in the day-to-day running of it in terms of adjusting our patients and serving them. Also, I suppose, like the staff handling and issues which can come from that. And we sometimes forget that we really need to be wearing this business hat, if you will. And, you know, we feel that when it comes to the topic of money, it's almost such like a taboo subject. Like no one wants to talk about how much money they're bringing in. No one wants to talk about how much money they're making. And sometimes we think to ourselves, well, why is that? Because, you know, if you have a practice, if you are a business owner, you need to be aware of this, right? Because unless your business is making a profit and you're bringing in good money, how do you expect to keep your doors open and to be able to serve your community? The one thing we want to be doing as chiropractors. It's almost like we have this kind of idea that to be serving people, we can't make money from it. And we're a little bit worried about what other people are going to think if we say, you know, we're earning X amount of money or our, our clinic is making profit consistently. We feel that we're going to be judged by others and we're not seen as what we call good chiropractors, as it were. Exactly that. And I think it's a fear we have created for ourselves. And, you know, if I'm honest, it's something we almost just need to really get over. Um, Because, you know, as I said, unless you are making money, how can you continue to help people and help even more people than what you are currently seeing? And I feel that this is perhaps where people go wrong, uh, particularly when it comes to looking at certain statistics. So we'd say, you know, the first place people go wrong is that they're just not measuring them at all. And you may have heard of that phrase, that phrase, sorry, of if you can't measure it, you can't manage it. Um, Unless you know exactly where you are right now, where you are in this moment in time, this week, where you have been in the past as well, and also setting those goals of where you actually want to be, how can you expect to make any type of change? Because I'd say the most common reason people reach out to ourselves is, you know, they say, you know, I want to be busier. I want to grow. And then we ask them, you know, okay, so where are you right now? And we ask for certain figures And people just have no idea. And it's like even just bringing that to your awareness and checking on these regularly, just doing that practice alone can be enough for you to improve and for you to grow your practice. And that sort of goes on to our second point, I suppose, where people go wrong. And that is we are so obsessed in this profession of talking about number of visits. We all know how many people we see per week. And then when we ask for certain other statistics, 
People have no clue. Absolutely. So the first, well, one of the first questions that chiropractors tend to ask each other when they see each other, if they've not met for a long period of time is, how's things going? How many people are you seeing? Like, like this is the ultimate yardstick. This is the only way we can tell how well our practice is going is by the number of visits that we have each week. So it's a, it's a I'm doing better than you because I'm seeing 100 and you're seeing 50 or, or they're doing better than me because they're seeing 400, I'm only seeing 120. It's very good knowing how many people you're seeing, but you also need to know, are you making a profit when you're seeing these people? So someone might be seeing 100 visits a week and they might be actually losing money on their visits. So... Just knowing the number of visits is not enough. You need to know more than that. And it is one that we always tend to get hung up on, on that how many visits are we seeing. And again, I think it's something we have built ourselves within chiropractic um, in terms of, you know, people who are on high volume. Um, and it's something we sort of say, you know, well, you know, I want to be high volume they're high volume, they must be making loads of money. And as James said, that that's not always the case. And there's nothing wrong with being a low volume chiropractor. We need to be, you know, we need to know that because I think, again, it's something we use to be like, well, I see way more than you. But, you know, all our circumstances are different. And as long as we are making a profit, as we said, and we're able to keep our doors open to be able to see people, that is what's more important than how many people you see. The other thing we tend to, well, the other place we tend to go wrong is not reviewing our statistics. So, you know, this is a common thing we see in people who have just started their practice. Um, so when people reach out to work with us, a lot of the time um, they may just be starting their clinic or they've been in business for perhaps a year or two. And we say to them, OK, so so where are you? And they start to give us all the statistics for where they were or where they envisioned to be when they opened their practice. And they haven't actually sat down and really looked at any of the numbers ever since. And without knowing exactly where you are in this moment, how can you actually judge any of your, your practice, the success of your practice? And what we need to be doing as well when we're creating these numbers, creating these goals, is we need to be sharing it with our team. So absolutely, if we don't share where we want to be with our team, if our team has no idea what our goals are, then we all might be pulling in different directions. And if your CAs are thinking, we're doing absolutely fine, the clinic's going well, but you're only at 50% of your goal, then there's going to be conflict within the team without even realising it, just because it's not being vocalised between yourself and either your CAs or yourself uh, and your associates. So it's a very easy way for conflict to occur and there's no reason for that to happen if there's clear communication with where you want to be. And I suppose this goes back to the, the money situation as well. I mean, remember your CAs are the people who are taking the payments from patients. So 
they have a rough idea how much money is coming into the clinic. So why are we not telling them these goals? We feel like, oh, we can't tell them how much money is brought in because they might have some sort of, you know, judgment on that number. Um, But no, you know, in our practice, our uh, CAs know exactly how many visits we should be having each week. They know how many of those people should be new clients each week. They know out of those new clients, the percentage of those people who should be starting care with us. They know things like how many people should have prepaid, how many people should have pre-booked. Uh, they know how much money should be coming in each week. They know how much money should be coming in each day to the clinic. Um, they know these numbers off the top of their head. They can write it down. Um, and that's sort of the sort of the skin in the game that our CAs should be having. And CAs are so important. And this is something we'll be talking about actually at, at another time, really. Um, and you need to make sure that they are on the same page. And again, as James said, this goes for associates as well. Absolutely. So we know maybe where people are going wrong. So what we want to do now is talk a little bit more about stats, which are really important to be tracking in the clinic, whether you're just starting out or whether you've been in practice for a number of years. So the first stat that we want you to track is PVA. So if you've not heard of PVA before, what it is, is the patient visit average. So it's how many visits on average each new client that you see will spend with you. Now, it doesn't matter what this figure is. It, we just want to make sure that we're tracking this to make sure we know whereabouts we are with need for new clients, with who is staying in care, how far they're getting into care. And it can also give you some ideas on maybe where re-education or something else that you can do to improve that PVA can be added into your care as well. So I'm sure it goes without saying, the higher this number is, the better. And the reason for that is it means that you need less new clients coming into the clinic. Um, you will be able to spend less time, I suppose, effort, money on marketing because if you can keep someone in care for longer that's a lot easier than getting a new client started so if you've not heard of this before make sure you write this down pva the way to work this out is you want to take the total number of people you see over a period of time so you can do this over a week how many people have come in to see you this is all of your visits, so not just adjustments, this includes your new clients as well. And then you want to divide that by the total number of news for that same time period. What we do in our clinic, we um, calculate this on a weekly basis. This is something we send out to all our team members so they know each week what our PVA has been for that week. And then we also look at it on a monthly basis we also look at it across three months, six months and 12 months because that's going to give you a much more sort of general idea. Obviously, weekly can really vary, particularly if you've got a marketing campaign that week, which is bringing in perhaps more new clients than what you would typically see. But it gives you a good idea as well of how many new clients you need to be seeing to be able 
to um, grow your clinic. So PVA is the first step we want you to be looking at. The second one is your average visit thing. So again, uh, another common thing we tend to do as chiropractors, um, particularly when people are starting out, a very common question we get with the people we work with is they will say, how much should I charge per adjustment? And there really is so many other questions which need to be answered before you can answer that question. Um, things like it's going to depend where you're based, obviously, location's going to be one thing. What you're offering for that adjustment will be another thing. Um, but an a area I suppose we tend to forget is that actually most people tend to offer prepayment plans. So that's something that we offer. And the reason we do that is we tend to find that if someone has prepaid for their care, they're more likely to stay with you. So it really helps, I suppose, with that patient retention. So the way that you need to be working out your average visit fee is you want to be taking all of your adjustments. So to work this out, you can actually exclude the new patients which come into you and what they are charged at. You want to take all of your adjustments. So even if an adjustment goes through as free a charge, if an adjustment goes through at 50%, if it goes through um, at a 10% discount, whatever it may be, you want to take all of them and then divide it by the total number of adjustment visits. And that's going to give you your average visit fee. A lot of people, when they do this, are quite surprised at how low it is because we become so obsessed by our pay-as-you-go um, price that we forget that actually we've got all these people on lots of different discounts, people perhaps which have been on discount plans which you don't even offer anymore, and that's really pulling that figure down. So it might be, uh, it might tell you that actually this is also something you need to be increasing. So the third stat we want you to track, and hopefully this is one that everyone is tracking already as a business owner, is profit. Now profit is important, obviously, because you, one, want to be making money. Two, it gives you um, budgets that you can look at whether it be training, whether it be new equipment, whether it be marketing, it gives you figures that you know you can work with and you're not going to be you know, hemorrhaging money and, and putting your clinic at risk of, of not being able to continue trading. So profit is an essential one that you really need to be able to focus on. Now, we're going to go into the action step for today. Now, the action step that we want you to do is related to the average visit fee and also the profit in the, uh, in the important stats that we want you to track. So it's something called stop loss. So stop loss, there is two types of stop loss. The first is absolute stop loss. The second is personal stop loss. So absolute stop loss is what it costs you to adjust every person that comes into the practice. So as an easy way to do this, what you do is you take the total 
figure for your expenses. So all your expenses, add all that up. And what you're going to do is you're going to divide that by the number of visits that you see per week. So for example, if your expenses for the week are a thousand pounds and you see a hundred visits a week, your absolute stop loss is 10 pounds. It costs you 10, you need to charge 10 pounds to break even um, with your absolute stop loss. Now the personal stop loss is adding into that profit. So it's what you want to make on top of that to make sure that you're making profits in the clinic. So for example, if you wanted to make five pounds on that adjustment, then you would charge 15 pounds because 10 pounds covers the absolute and five pounds of that is your personal stop loss. Now, what's so important when you're looking at this, and again, this links back to when you're looking at the stat of profit as well, because you know, our profit is obviously just what we're bringing in and then take away our expenses from that. And when it comes to our expenses, a lot of the time we just look at them at a moment in time. And what we need to remember, and I know it sounds, you know, like it goes without saying, but we have actually seen this. When we work with people, we've seen this as a really common mistake when they're working out their statistics. And your expenses obviously vary each month. And there will be some months for you, perhaps, which are a lot higher because you may have an expense which comes out, which only comes out once a year. Um, an example of this might be your insurance, right? Um, and it comes out as a big chunk and you don't factor for that. So you really want to be taking your average when it comes to your expenses just the same as when it comes to your income as well. Again, it's always going to be best to look at an average there. So please do bear that in mind when you're looking at both your profit and also when you're doing your stop loss. So hopefully you found what we've spoken about today useful. Now, if you have any questions about this, then please you can, you can find us on Facebook. You could send us an email as well. If you don't have our email address, it is team at coachwithsummit.com. That's team at coachwithsummit.com. And just fire over any questions that you have. We'd be more than happy to answer them for you. But like I said, I hope you found value from what we've, what we've talked about today. And we look forward to speaking to you next time.